Hey, She Family, and welcome back. It's your girl, Trish, and co-host. Hey, hey, hey. Gianna. Gianna is here. <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up? How you been? I've been, listen, living it day by day, honestly. Yeah? Just day by day, baby. You know, this quarantine life ain't for the week. Ugh. You ain't lying. Yeah. So... Um, but hey, excited, still here, season six, we're in episode four, we have an awesome guest, Ashley, coming up uh, for you guys, can't wait for you guys to hear um, her, she is Salvadorian and Mexican, so we're going to be hearing about race relations from her, and you know, we're from her country, and how she even deals with it here in the U.S., so excited about that, but before we get started, tea time, let's see, today, I just got my pieces of she podcast tea on woo, woo. <laughs> I, I didn't have a lot of time i just grabbed something and hey what better way to represent <laughs> and for real what you if got you don't go hard for you who's gonna go higher for you that part what you got a one i'm a power ranger today <laughs> All I'm, right. a, I'm the black power ranger hey okay, okay. black power rangers matter <laughs> in real life <laughs> all right y'all well listen we're gonna get started we'll get into this interview um can't wait for you guys to see it here we go okay and welcome back as promised we have this wonderful interview miss ashley garcia with us i'm so excited to have you here welcome ashley well, thank you for having me i'm excited of course of course you look very comfy out there outdoors i love it fun. <laughs> quarantine can make you go insane so i'm like yes. trying to make myself come outside more Vitamin D ain't never hurt nobody, so I love it. A hammock, too. Look at that. How nice. <laughs> good, good. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. After this interview, I'm going to make sure I get out there and get me some sun, so because that looks very nice. I like it. There's Vegas heat, and then that's a too much sun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so very quickly. Uh-huh. All right. So we'll get started. Um, you guys know I introduced with my famous five questions. Um, Ashley is uh, from Vegas, born and raised. She is a millennial, born in a single parent household. Uh, she has one older brother, so she's the baby. And her astrological sign is Aries. Gotta yeah. love y'all Aries. My mama's an Aries, so. <laughs> you know, maybe we start, start the trends. I don't know, that's what they say. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, good, good. So, you know, this season we're talking about race relations. Um, just with everything going on in the country, I'm very, very interested in, in this subject right now. I'm interested in what people have to deal with, you know, daily as it pertains to here in the U.S., in their city, in their town, in their, where they work, whatever. Um, you know, we, we got to get past this point. So um, where, tell us about your ethnic background and uh, where you, like your nationality. Yeah. Um, so I'm Salvadorian and like Mexican-American. Okay. My, my dad came from El Salvador, right? Across from El Salvador. 
and my mom is uh, about third generation Tejana, so from Texas, uh, which you know is like Mexico. So she'll say Tejana, and I'm like I'm Mexican American uh, okay. on her side. Uh huh. <laughs> Got it. In, in short, I just prefer Latina. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong. <laughs> you know what? I always get um, a little like I you I don't I never know if people want to be called Latina if they or Hispanic or whatever. Like, what is where where's what's the right thing? It's. I mean, I think it's in general we're all getting better at asking what do you prefer right so we think of preferred gender pronouns do you prefer she hers they do you prefer he um but specifically when it comes to latinos and hispanics like um latinos come from latin america mm -hmm. so that would depend on where their family is from but then you have some countries that do speak spanish it's not latin america so like um I mean, it's like Brazil, people from Brazil, they can speak it, but they're not Latinos, they're Hispanic. And so it just has to do with the colonization that happened in the past. And I think that's as broad as I can make it. Okay, okay. Well, we are talking about race relations here, but how, how does race show up or racism, or maybe, maybe you don't have any issues in the countries where your family is from? Does that show up there or not really? Yes. Really? Yeah. So... I think there's a few different things, but um, what I have specifically, when the Black Lives Movement be, I want to say picked up steam because I feel like it's always been there, but like when it picked up, when it picked up steam, um, what we had to do and our responsibility as allies, we know that everybody's playing a part. I'm anti-blackness, mm -hmm. and so it's not enough to be anti-black; you have to be anti-racist. Yeah. Um, and we really had to take a closer look. And I know that's what I've been doing. And that's what I would say the, you know, the people that I'm close with who are Latinos, what we'd be doing is like, holy mo. But yeah, um, in Latino culture, you still have Afro-Americanos, right? There's people who are darker and they're Latinos. Or, um, I mean, from the Dominican Republic, you have Puerto Ricans, you have people who are darker skinned and they are referred to as like Negro, right? Like in the family, they are the black person. Yeah. Um, but how does racism, I mean, there's so much anti-blackness because it's ingrained everywhere. Um, and so I think one of the best examples we, uh, we've been using is like the same way that American television has the lighter skin, um, that colorism, right? Just lighter skin people. Right. That's the same thing in, in novelas. When you mm -hmm. talk about soap operas in Spanish, mm -hmm. if you turn on Channel 15 or at least in Vegas, Univision, the main characters are the ones with that are lighter they have the lighter wow. skin uh hair color then you have the maids who are the darker latinas mm -hmm. uh, and uh specifically when it came to like the super bowl when you had shakira and j-lo oh you had black afro latinas who said that wasn't representative of the all latinas and i'm like it's so true when you want to have a moment to be like because i did cry like seeing shakira and j-lo was beautiful to me yeah but then it's like, okay, but why couldn't you have any black people on stage with you? You brought out Latino artists who are white passing, who are who look whiter. Um, so how does it show up? Is I, I would say it's like almost no different. It's just colorism. Wow. wow. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> what, what what brought your family here to the U.S. and and you know 
all that. Yeah. Um, so specifically my dad, right? He's from El Salvador. Okay. And I think one of the, the comparisons you could make is like right now you hear about the caravans that are coming from Honduras. You have people that are coming from Central America. These mm -hmm. caravans that like Trump tried to say, they're just coming. What I don't even know what he talks about half the time. Who knows what he's talking about at any time? <laughs> I can't. I don't. I literally don't with him. Um, but refugees, right? You have people who are specifically my dad. And, and in Salvador, there was a civil war happening. I always give the context. No one wants to be in the United States, like in a way that that doesn't mean it's not an amazing place. But we know for a fact that the United States is funding these wars in other smaller countries. We oh. know for a fact they're exploiting their people. So when you think of El Salvador, who was getting their military, uh, there's people in, in El Salvador who were American military, uh -huh. destroying their country. My dad is, well, he was, you're a little, you're like 14, 13. And right. you know that if you go to school, you're going to get recruited to go fight the war. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you know, like that's, I don't know. My dad hasn't seen his mom in 27 years. I'm 27 years old. Okay. So when I was born, that was the last time because he was deported and then brought back. But um, I just think it's interesting when they say like, oh, they want to, mm, how should I say this? They come to this country and it's like, yeah, but they give up so much. So for survival, to answer your question, my yeah. dad specifically came to survive, to not be a 14-year-old, like, you see the kids who are, um, and I can give you movie references. It's, uh, let me know, but you know, they're holding guns. And he's like, my, his, my grandma, his mom said, no, you're not going to be in a war. You're too mm -hmm. young. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. Go to El Salvador. I mean, you're going to go to the United States. And then he got here. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so let me ask you this. When you guys got here, did you experience racism here? Yes. So my dad, um, I think, The biggest example I give of the parallel between my parents, my mom being more of like that American citizen with privilege, a little more citizenship. My mom is more white passing Latina. Like she's a lighter skin Latina. Okay. Um, my dad is like darker. Okay. Um, and he, I'm be honest, like this year was one of the first years we talked about how much he's endured. Mm. At some point, I think we were just surviving. And so we stopped expressing ourselves which goes to like culturally that we don't take mental health real and depression real and the things that come with it so we that i think that's a different tangent but he experienced it um i didn't know until this year which you know it that literally breaks my heart but um the same way that you hear about latinos who who do labor they build the houses they build the apartments and then they don't get paid i didn't know my dad was one of those guys and what? i found that out this year uh, but that took a lot out of him to tell me um, so racism in a way that we know they're not documented, so we're going to abuse them. Right. Take, yeah, and make sure they do the labor and, and, and then not pay them. Um, he applied to Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. They were ready to deport him, but like he explains it. He goes, I was trying to get a job, and then they escorted me through the casino in handcuffs. He said, I just kept wondering what I was doing wrong for asking for a job. And so that racism, the way that um, he has, in my opinion, phenomenal English. He has an accent. Mm -hmm. But I know that's a piece of him that 
he is very uh, subconscious. Um, what is that word? What is it? Unconscious? Like, yeah, like he feels some type of way about having this accent. Um, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, subconscious. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he, like, like he wishes he didn't have it because he feels that it's a, a hindrance for him? Yeah, I think, I think he's learned to own it, but that's a huge piece of that assimilation culture, right? Because you know in the United States, you don't want to be the other end, um, specifically with him, having my mom be Mexican-American, mm-hmm. he went to Texas. People in Texas, the part of my family, they're all Mexican. Mm-hmm. And my dad, Latinos, I'm sure you know this, have different accents. The same way we have different dialects. I, well, I, I, <laughs> yes, but I couldn't tell, like, just by listening to someone. Right, right, right. Where they're from. Right. Yeah, so you could be like, and I, you could be like, oh, they're definitely Puerto Rican because they talk faster. Then you could say, oh, they're more slang they have a little more to it and they're from this place so there's certain slang words the same way east coast and west coast okay. you would know right right there's the same thing in spanish yeah uh, and so with that he has a, he had a strong salvadorian accent and and then the mexicans aren't there's a lot to it but um they mexicans, don't really like they don't really get along because you think when you're crossing right you have wish you had a map they're crossing through all of the Latin America. Mm-hmm. And right now, even right now, it's getting bad with the Trump administration because they're making Mexicans be the reason that they're not coming in. Oh, and wow. The United States stopping them. That Trump has figured out a way to say, okay, well, they'll stop at Mexico. So right. Caravans. So there's a lot of... Yeah. I think in the same way, every community has a little bit of tension within themselves. Um, the Latinos are just as... Like, we're no exception. Um... There's racism within us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, listen, when people see you, what do you think they automatically say? About what? Like, like where you're from? Like, what, how do you think people view you? They, so sometimes I get Hawaiian a lot. I'm Samoan. I think I'm like heavy. Um, and then sometimes I get Asian. Um, really? Mm-hmm. But I mean... Asians also sometimes have um, Garcia as a last name. I've noticed that. Um, but, yeah, and then if not, they're like, you're something. You're different. Pretty much people are like, what kind of brown are you? And I'm like, well, I'm Salvadorian Mexican. But it depends, too, right? How Like, I just lie in my hair. I think it depends on how my hair is shaped, depends on how my brows are looking. I think we all have this, right? It depends on the day, if I, what I'm wearing, how I'm presenting myself, and right. what setting I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, well, for me, there's, there's absolutely, it doesn't matter how I have my hair or anything. America sees me as a black woman, period. It's that's just, you know, that's the, that's the thing with African-Americans. Our skin color is like, that's it. That's it's darker skin African-Americans. I'll say that for sure. Um, I don't know. Do you get, do you get something different, G? Do people? The most, I mean, sometimes people, I mean, there's always some, form of african-american but sometimes they'll be like well do you have asian in you because of my eyes or they'll be like are you from africa africa i guess i look nigerian so sometimes people will be well are you from africa as opposed to being african-american and i've never been african in my life you know yeah although i'd love to (laughs) have you ever been to uh el salvador no no yes i would love to meet my grandma yeah Um, 
Yeah, I heard she's losing her eyesight. And so I would just, I don't know. I think her, her son is a huge piece of her life and he speaks so highly of both of his kids. And it's just crazy to me. Like, I feel like I only call my one grandma grandma because I've met her. Um, right. I don't even know how to call her. Yeah. But I would like to see what it is. Um, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And do you, do, you, do you have more family there as well besides her? Yeah. So my dad has his um, siblings. Some of them are here. One's in San Francisco. One's in Vegas. Um, cause there was like a group that crossed together, like my, my cousins crossed together. Um, but there's a whole bunch of people that I've never met, but just for context purposes, right. Cause my dad has always wanted to, but my dad didn't get his citizenship until 2014. Mm-hmm. So that's how many years where he wasn't even able to, to travel. And that's one of the things right. um, that we advocate for is to say, uh, for example, the, the DACA recipients right now, the, that are documented, right. the dreamers, right. Yeah to go away from the word dreamer fyi but um they want to make it so where you can at least go visit your home country right you can't even go and travel and so many times um you know you have family members pass away and people aren't able to put the family member you know have that peace because they're not able to travel so this is the point why i couldn't go with my dad because in my head i said why would i go visit something he can't you know he didn't have the financial means I think I'm barely in a good place in my life where I could probably afford it, but you know, I don't know. I felt weird. Like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, but you can't go. Right. right. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a question. Um, earlier when you were saying, um, like America isn't necessarily the, the golden place you you just kind of go there to escape war do you do you feel like it's kind of going toward the lesser of two evils type of thing is that what it is it's not necessarily like a, a the dream place to go to make money and things do you feel more along the lines of well i can i'll either die over here or i at least have kind of like a fighting chance over here but it's not necessarily a dream you know yes that the lesser of two people, I haven't heard it like that. Um, I do think that it's survival, and you okay. figure you have a better chance to survival with opportunities in the United States. Mm-hmm. That's how I would answer that. But it's okay. yeah, it's a good question. But it's not necessarily like it's like a, a place to survive as opposed to a place to like thrive and. Oh yeah, I mean ideally i think they our messaging is really good right i say the united states has really good messaging about you come here land of the free opportunity and right. thrive yeah but we have american citizens who aren't thriving who are right. that could be through housing that could be through every single aspect of life education every single aspect is making it to where people of color cannot thrive so mm-hmm. yes there's like this promise but I feel like once you get here, it's like... But a bunch of broken promises. Right. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. yeah, imagine. Just imagine not even wanting to come here. Um. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Yeah. But hey, what do you do? 
Um, so you mentioned your dad and how he's had to deal with racism. What about you and your brother? Um, I mean, you in particular. Yeah. Hmm. I think I've had, a f I know the few of the privileges I've been able to hold. I think my name is one of them. Like, I'm Ashley, right? So, like, that makes people feel comfortable. That makes people feel like, oh, like, I can say it. So it's more of, like, an approachable conversation. Um, I think I've noticed more of my privileges the, the, the longer I've been around. But, like, I would say more sexism than, like, um, I think being a Latina in politics makes it more of a that, that the, the oppression that I'm feeling I guess because it's not necessarily oh it's like they hire me because I'm Latina because I am because I am Latina but then the men don't let you does that make sense yeah, yeah, it does. yeah. <laughs> they got a quota to me they got to make sure that they get the number so that they are not you know but they're not really giving you a chance they just trying to meet the numbers yeah, it depends for sure. I don't want, you know, I think there's some people who have my back and have seen the potential, but there's some people who are extremely misogynistic. So I definitely could say, um, it, it's been interesting. I know there was, I don't know. I guess I don't know how to answer it because I'm thinking of an example that I was told. There was two examples where um, I was switching like jobs. I wanted to get out of the job that I was in mm -hmm. and there were white men who had said, well, she would be really good for Latino outreach. Mind you, I that's find- That's pretty racist, if that's not what you applied for. <laughs> if, again, this, this is very, they think it's casual conversation. I would say white people think that they're telling you something good, like, oh yeah, I totally had your back. So we're at the bar and they're like, yeah, like we totally had this job for you. And, um, but then your other boss was also in the room and said, she wouldn't take that and made that decision for me mm. so when they tell me this i said i literally checked him i said so you let a, a white man make a decision based off my career without my consideration at all wow. and he, looked at me and he was like well no because he said that you wouldn't take that pay cut and i said that you don't get to say that because honestly right. where i was mentally where i was in my current job i was ready to fuck like take anything right like, that was sad too right but i was ready to get the fuck out yeah. I probably would have taken the pay cut. So for you to make that decision for me, um, another example. So I've been able to work. I don't know who's going to, whatever. So I was, I was able to work for, um, started in 16 with Hillary's campaign, but then I started working for members of Congress and their campaigns. So one of the examples, um, are we familiar with like how in DC you have your representatives who are voting on the, yeah. So that yeah. house, they have an entire staff in DC. Okay. You have your DC staff, and then you have your district staff. Yeah. The district staff stays in the stays in. I was uh, in CD four, Congressional District four. I, myself, my work wife were like, "All right, we're gonna do this." So myself, Latina, a black woman, said, "We want to go to DC. We want to go to DC and go make policy. I don't. We don't know what we're gonna do. We're gonna be broke as fuck, but we're ready." Right. Okay. Going in there, it's a white man in charge. We're still cool, but um. I say, I want to go to DC. He says, yeah, I hear that, but I think you're a better fit for the district. I genuinely did not think that was like racist. I didn't think that was, I said, well, he has good intentions for me. He's looking out for me. That, that's what's up. Like I make a better fit for the district. Mm -hmm. It literally took a few, cause you have these conversations, right? And they're like, oh shit. Right. 
system. I was, and then I said, he made a decision that I wasn't good enough for DC. Yeah, totally and, racist. So yes, but I, it's, like it's, the it's, the, it's that overt shit that pisses me off. I mean, you know, the covert, I'm sorry. It's that covert racism. Yeah. There is the covertness or there's the overtness that's over on Pennsylvania Avenue that he don't give a fuck. <laughs> Ooh, he don't care. But that, that covert racism, that's how that shows up. Would you, I mean, and is that, is that something that, um, because I feel like I didn't process it till later. Oh, like, that's your situation is like, you want to think at the moment that was the, the right thing or the intentions were there, but then it's like, you think about it for real, for real, and you're like, damn, I was played. Yep. <laughs> yeah, did he give you any reasons why? A better fit? Why? Because I, because I have great communications and I'm good with the community. I, and we go with the community in D.C. <laughs> and do some policy, yeah. I'm, should have wow. listened to that. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't fight it. And then um, my work wife at the time, she also asked for it and they told her the same thing. So we knew that we were the, the people who were, the community already knew for the congressman. So it benefited them to keep us down here. Um, which, you know, you can always find the silver lining, but it's just crazy that, yeah, it's like you made the, the decision for me, I feel. Yeah. And so it's racism, but sometimes okay. you don't know. So, so you haven't had any, um, do you know what a Karen is? I have a Karen situation? You, okay. So you've never had a Karen situation? <laughs> Off, no, honestly, not like off top. Good. That's good because it just seems like there's so many of those, like people that are just outright in your face racist these days. And that's, that's some new stuff that we're having to deal with. You know, at least people would try to hide it a little bit better. But now it just, do you, do you, do you get the feeling that people are emboldened to, to just say these things to people? Yeah, I mean, you have a white supremacist in the White House who has allowed people to feel comfortable being racist. Absolutely. And it makes for everybody's like, I feel like they, in my opinion, it's kind of like, well, I've tolerated it this long and now you're asking for more because that's like the whole thing, right? Like they want more and I'm like, or equality. Like, what, what are you mad at? Like, what exactly gets you under, gets under your skin that you're having to look at yourself and realize I'm part of a problem? Yes, mm -hmm. that sucks, but you shouldn't, I just, it gets confusing. So yeah, no, definitely people are more fed up. They're like, this is getting too, and they politicize it. And I think you cannot politicize race and ethnicity in the way that they've been able to do. And I would say both parties. I mean, it's very like ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no. Is it, um, may I ask, is it getting like, you, have you had more Karen moments in 2020, would you say, or since the um, I, I think I have a look or an aura that I give <laughs> off <laughs> that uh, not a lot of people try that. Um, I had a Karen that tried me. She tried it. But Where? That, um, I, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, so I, 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 I promised I wouldn't give this lady any time on my show, but... Oh. Right. She was, uh, I was talking, I was talking to someone else. I was talking to a coworker of mine in, in front of her apartment complex or in her apartment complex, um, you know, working remotely 
I kind of had to go over her house. And so we were talking and just us having a conversation and Karen was out there with her dog. Um, and then there was a, a, an Asian lady uh, washing her car next to next to us i could see her and then we're looking at her because she the asian lady was like getting inside of the bucket and washing her feet as well as washing the car so we're just like looking because it's it's a little it's different. Kind of ordinary <laughs> different, yeah <laughs> no we we didn't say anything to her or anything but we're just like looking in amazement like wow that's interesting so karen we are not paying any attention to Karen because I just don't. I don't anyway. Um, so she goes, uh, what are you looking at? And I said, who, who, who are you talking to? <laughs> she goes, I'm talking to you. And I was in disbelief, like really, because I'm like, we are not talking to this lady. We are talking to each other and we're admiring whatever the hell's going on over here and i says it's none of your fucking business what we're looking at <laughs> right so I, says, I says really fucking karen really and 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 i think that she realized that she was being a karen and she just shut she shut up and uh no 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 not yet she didn't shut up yet she goes well that's my mother-in-law i says I don't give a fuck who it is. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. I am looking at her. I didn't say anything to this lady. Shut the hell up. And mm -hmm. she shut the hell up. Yeah, that was when she shut up. So but, she probably thought she was helping her mother-in-law. Like, oh, I'm going to be here and like, you're not going to, but it's like, or no. Helping do what? I don't, I don't know. She probably in her head. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't, I don't get how you get there. Right. I guess like, right. Mind your business. I could see if we were saying something to the lady. Right. But we weren't saying anything. We were just <laughs> admiring whatever she was doing. So maybe that's helped, though, that name. Do you think they associate Karen because it's so negative now? It's a I good think thing. they do. It's I a good thing in a way that, yeah, because they didn't realize, like, they're part of the problem. they like, well, I don't say anything. I don't do anything. No, you don't think because you're extreme and you're not freaking doing excessive things that you're not part of the problem but it's the fact that you're injecting yourself right to something that has nothing to do with you right but anyway i don't yeah. necessarily like to talk about them um the karens of the world but hey so you are in politics i love that um do you think that we can that this whole system can be changed. Mm. So I guess usually I ask that question. <laughs> that, that's where my reaction like, well, how do you feel? And You're right, right, right. you tell me the problems and then I get the resources. And so this is, I still want to open it up. I don't know if you all have thoughts on it. Um, I think it can be fixed. I just think that people like you, people like, me, which I don't have one desire to get involved in politics because I do believe that the machine is so, um, I think that it's, I think it's an evil machine. 
Uh, I'm just as it currently stands. So I think that you have to really be tough to get in there and stand your ground and really make change or, or you get sucked up into this evil shit. And I'm not trying to get sucked up into to nothing evil. Um, my mouth is too bad. Like I've been and cussed everybody out, you know, <laughs> but I do think that it can be changed. I just think that more good people with good morals and values and, uh, you know, that value human life get in there in the right places to make the decisions. Now, I don't know how long that's going to take, but I think it can be done. Mm-hmm. What about you? <sighs> I think that I think that the systems can be changed. Absolutely, I think that um, we brown brown black people we need to do more to see ourselves in politics, and it's not for everybody. So I think that w the way that we glorify uh, sports, the way that we glorify being a rapper, we should glorify being a doctor, lawyer, and a politician because we can't we won't see change until we have the representation, right? But I don't believe that racism is going anywhere for a very long time mm -hmm. <laughs> I always think it's interesting when people say like oh they'll say, for example right now you said I'm not politic I don't want to get into politics right but, but everything around our world is politicized everything that we do to the air that we're breathing correct to the resources at hand i mean you could talk, we've talked about uh we i've updated myself like um food deserts that don't ex like you have people who are getting hospitalized and they're not believed right but you have people who are ex only given access to fast food not given yeah. any fresh vegetables then they start to have these medical problems, right. then it's hard to afford because our healthcare system is so fucked. Right. So, but, and then you're doing, I think even right now we're having a conversation that's like, well, we're going to talk about some things that could probably be changed if we all got together. So like, so like we need you. And I don't mean, okay, Say it, girl. Say it. Yeah. Maybe there's a perception of what, I guess, let me ask this before making assumptions. What do you think it means to be politically active? I do think I'm politically active. I'm just saying as far as being, you know, um, getting a seat, that people have to vote for me, that I actually get in there and mm. do that type of work. I do think that I am political, very. Um, I'm, I'm very uh, politically aware. I do educate and inform people and I vote and I campaign and um uh tyrone thompson was my cousin so of course i was on the campaign trail for him and and everything i'm very political but i don't want to be that person mm -hmm. i'm more behind the scenes and okay. i'll do the work i will do the work is that go same for you i'll agree okay okay so my bad see that that's clarifications because sometimes on a different tangent i mean um one like I was able to work with Tyrone for a few, uh, this last campaign session in 2018 when I was at Horsford and always the best vibes, uh, always the best launches, always the best food. Um, and so I'm so glad the that- the best selfies. <laughs> oh, right. I can look crazy. Like, you know, I'm on a campaign trip. I haven't slept for a few days. Uh, my <laughs> hair is crazy. And he's just ready because he just looks great all the time. Uh, 
but yes, um, rest in peace and, and thank you because those are the type of individuals. So I, I understand not necessarily having to run, but I, I guess what I'm with, what I think, what I have seen, because you are engaged, right? You're always educating and, and, and saying that you're letting people know around you. But um, I think there's a lot of nonprofits. So that's where I'm at now, nonprofits that are, they need stories, but not just to make them political, but like sometimes the politicians hear from the same three people when it comes to, oh, raising the minimum wage. I would love to hear, especially from my generation, like people that I went to school with and stuff like, you're the ones that are being impacted by the system, not having $15 minimum wage, so I need your story. But instead they go to the same one. And I do think too, I think with, um, to answer your question originally was, uh, do I think that, that things the can, system can be changed? Where I think that we sort of have shot ourselves in the foot is it's only like extreme situations or these exceptional stories mm-hmm. that you have to find, right? Because also they'll tell us, it's like, okay, find me a mother, a working, um, a single mother who also like is fits the criteria of being undocumented and has two kids and sometimes they narrow it down it's like and has like a four-year-old son and a five-year-old you're like whoa 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 you're getting so specific right it needs a narrative that gets them there Mm. i think that's the problem that if we were to be like i am in not maybe i have to find a new word for average joe but i am a hard-working citizen a working class person who deserves a livable wage but somehow that's not enough you have to be like but I didn't make rent for two months. Right. I applied for unemployment. I didn't get it. And also the school my kid goes to is terrible. It's like, that is terrible. Yes, agreed. But why is it not enough that I am Ashley? Right. I am Garcia. And I, well, I, I'm very fortunate and privileged. I, I have a livable wage, but why is that not enough? And so I think that's what's wrong with politics. And if we had more normalized stories instead of the exception, because then that's how we get into these nasty conversations about, well for example i use this one all the time you have daca you have dreamers you have documented people they call them like they're the ones that are in the healthcare professions they're teachers they're doing all this that's the one that trump wanted to remove and then the supreme court a few weeks ago said uh the way he went about it is wrong so they could still remove daca but the way he went about it was wrong in that example though these are latin um i'm sorry see that's where i get latinos are not the only immigrants um you have people who apply for citizenship, but they have to, you can't have a DUI, you can't have any record, you can't have these certain things. I think where I'm at in life is like, we're all human and we're allowed to make mistakes. So making this perfect person, and then they're like, oh, we'll take away the rapists and the criminals. Whoa, like it shouldn't just be, you have to be an A-class citizen. You could be an average person trying to make ends meet. And does that make sense where I'm saying like, I feel like we try too hard to be like, show the pain and the suffering of the people. Right, right. Or you could just say, I want a decent, I want a house with less interest and I want a nice car. Right. But they want to find like, who was the one who couldn't get the loan and who was the one who was, you know, racially, or they just fucking wanted something better. I don't know. So I think, yes, if we get away from extremes. I see. And exceptions. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Ooh, well, I, I don't know. I, 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 no, I, 
I'm going to keep doing my part. And, and, you know, I just think that, that we as human beings need to, like you said, just start seeing each other as just regular human beings. Um, yeah. And some of us fuck up, some of us make mistakes. Uh, but that is no reason to treat someone uh, different because they are, you know, not from here or whatever, just because of their race, um, just because we're all humans and we're all occupying this space together. So I mean, uh, can I say like even um, if and when, right, because getting to the police brutality and getting to the fact that when we make mistakes, when people of color, and especially black people, make mistakes, it's like the access, you could do, we know this, right? You could do the same thing and be white, but have an access to lawyers or have some kind of funding and get away with it. Um, but even like I, what I was, I guess, shocked to understand was that even the police officers that get into these situations do not have to put a statement out. They do not have to report. They get time mm -hmm. to breathe and then they get to report on what the encounter was, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm also sure that comes with, you know, making the story be legit mm -hmm. and to their favorite, right? Right. But in that, it's like with people who don't know their rights and they start to try to justify themselves and they're like, I was in the situation and maybe you were, you know, you were in that heightened situation. Then you start talking. Sometimes you're just like flustered and you're saying things. So it's just like this idea that you can make a mistake if you're white and get away with it and, 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 and be given this grace and given this... Mm this yeah it's literally just grace and then it's like well you knew what you were doing when you were black and you were brown right you should be in line and you're like right oh my goodness like there's so many other things i'm more than just me my color so like it's crazy yeah it is like mistakes i would just, just tell you i <laughs> i'm gonna really tell you i wanted to do this this season on race relations you know to just try to get a better understanding and just see it from other people's lenses and i promise you the more and more i do these shows <laughs> i have like my shit is going down i'm like we ain't gonna make it <laughs> and trace that's so funny because i do believe that the systems can change and she in politics and she like well dreams <laughs> got like there's a possibility maybe but like <laughs> and I say we show up in larger numbers, like, okay, so we had said, like, if we um, glorified more of the positions and people that, you know, were lawyers, doctors, yeah, but also if we said, and we, like, being a school board, I think school board is the huge thing that I'm, like, learning in Nevada, specifically, like, having CCSD be the fifth largest school district in the United States, mm. and it's so terrible, right. um, and it's just going to get worse, so we keep hoping or relying on people in in dc to make the change but reality is local politics is where it's at and our governors where it's at and our uh, senators and their assembly people and so maybe if we glorified those more often mm. but they also don't get paid right it's like a six month right. pay, get three 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 months paid out of the six months um so who really can apply for those positions who can really run who can have a campaign right, right. it literally takes community effort so People already, their lived experience, that's where I'm at. I do think that if we gave more credit to people's lived experience as opposed to, well, what's your education? And what degree right. do you have? If you listen to people and their upbringing, that's enough to say, this is the policy that needs to change mm -hmm. because they're the ones with the answers. So it's possible, yes, um, 
So there are some policies that I would say, like, if we end Citizens United, if we get into how uh, campaign money works, then right. you can have more local people running. So, mm-hmm. yes, you could do it. What I get, that's where I go back to the mistake piece, though, because people are like, well, I have this on my record. Or one time I was A, B, and C, so I'm nervous to run. And I think our generation is going to deal with that a lot because the council culture is real. I don't, I'm still stuck on if I agree with it or not. People's Twitters people's things on Facebook are going to matter. So our generation who runs, I think maybe at some point, if we, we were all anti-black, I mean, I would say anyone who's not black, at some point has been, and they're learning. That's where that grace piece with ourselves, we're going to have to be yeah. like, did they show that they're trying to change? Now, yeah. I know people appropriate. I know that people, um, you know, take full advantage of people. But we're going to have to find that conversation again where it's okay to have made a mistake and learn from it. Yeah. Because so many people want to be a politician, but then it gets nasty because they bring up bullshit. Like, they do. From 10 years ago. Right. And and they will find, like, even just, um, they will find somebody with dressed up in blackface. They'll find where they use the N-word or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's done. Right. And like you said, you got to give people time to grow because... Okay, let me be very clear. White people, I don't need them in politics. They've been fucking up this country from jump. So I don't actually care. Nah, if you did do that, like maybe you shouldn't have to run. And then if you did, do better. But do better by being an ally. But if, for example, I mean, well, let's not get into it. But if there is a white candidate, a white male candidate who wants to run, as opposed to him doing it, why not uplift a woman and a woman of color? I love that. doing... Right, but now then that's when it becomes about ego and it becomes about, oh, I want to be the one in the face and the poly- and I want to be the one in the cameras. If you are really an ally, that individual who we, you're saying, for example, oh, well, did they learn and make a mistake? No, if you did blackface and you want to be a politician, give that all of the things you know and mm. give access to women of color. I so love that. Color, right, I because love you that. Do it. Uh-huh. I have a question. Yeah. And I do, I'm absolutely all for what you just said. The only, like, kind of hang up that I have is that how come, why why would you say that just a white person, if he's dumb or he or she has done blackface in the past, can't come back from cancel culture, cancel culture when every other race could? Well, I don't know. That's not up to me to say who can and can't get away with it. Um but in your mind, you feel like a white, like a white person couldn't get away with it. I, they haven't yet. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I just feel like, you know, like if it was a black person that had said that cracker over there, da 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 da, da tweeted it back in the back, they would have went back and found it like, oh, he's using this term, quote, cracker. Ain't. To me, it's not the worst in the world, anything anywhere. But how is it that people of color can get a pass to doing that? as opposed to white people. In that specific example? Um, just like cancel culture, period. Why, would, why, would, why are you more mm-hmm. uh, in tune? I, I think you, you get what I I'm saying. I think because they're responsible for this racist-ass system that's here. That's just me, but go ahead. <laughs> There's a level of I guess I'm, because I'm trying to think, okay. This is me just, it's also me playing the devil's advocate. It's also me playing the devil's advocate. But at the same time, I do feel like 
Um, I like think we ask, we ask for equality, but we also on the other side don't always give the same energy. I think at the, uh, most of the time it's mediocre at best. White people who even are allies, mediocre at best. Like, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. They're always yeah. they're so censured in making things about themselves. Like, oh, this happened. Well, this is me and how I play a part. I don't get how they do it, but it always becomes very centralized. So, mm. in having the amount of act, um, well, I was just have you seen um, little fires everywhere? I have. I have not. All right, I'm a, we gonna get on it. Okay, it's it's only eight episodes. It goes by so quick. But you got Carrie Washington, phenomenal, and then you have Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, Aaron, and in that, um, I want to say Carrie Washington's character says, "You have so much access to mm. to learning to do better, mm-hmm. and in you not doing that, mm-hmm. that's part of your privilege." So mm. I feel like if white people have so much more access, right, and access. I, I get that it can look different for poor white people. I get this and that. But at the end of the day, if you've lived your whole life and you thought this was fun, and I guess um, it's not similar whatsoever, but a, a similarity I saw here at UNR, all these white people, it's Cinco de Mayo. Let me go get my little sombrero. And then I go get the little nachos and the dip. They wear it, but don't acknowledge where it's come to your Absolutely. Culture vultures, right? I don't think you get to be forget. I guess let me just make it like so that's something I can understand. Like, right? I would say no. I can't show you as much grace because you took it as something fun instead of making it like there's so many other things you could have been doing. Mm. I think there's a way to show up and say, "Dang, I understand what I did. Let me do better." Because the whole thing is remove yourself from the remove yourself from a place of power and give it to somebody else. Mm. Absolutely. And I think that's why I'm so like, white people are held uh, accountable different to me. But okay. I get a lot where they're like, well, white, white people. And I'm like, honestly, I just feel like they've had time to get it right. They've mm. had decades to get Ooh. it right. Yeah. And, and now, oh, now you're just being a bully to me. You're doing the same thing. Reverse racism. Get the fuck out of here because the <laughs> things that impact you are not the same the way they impact me. Right. Get to say that. Right. Like, right. I don't know. I guess I want to answer it. I'll probably text you later if you don't mind. <laughs> like, no, no I, I, think I, I understood completely, and I, and I agree with you. Um, I really do. So I, I thank you for that. Um, man, this has been such a pleasure. It kind of went into a different <laughs> area because of the, you know, po- politics, which I love. Right. I actually love it because that is, is, is where it shows up, too. And that's policies, and that's, you know, laws and different things like that, 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 shape and mold this whole system so man i thank you so much for all of your insight um and your passion i feel it yes i feel it i feel it is there anything else you want to say about just race relations in america before we get out of here i feel that it's long overdue that we have conversations and i say we as in people of color Black people, Latinos, brown people, um, Asians, bring them in the mix. I know for a fact that our our full liberation and my community's liberation will not come until we look at Black citizens and Black Americans 
and black immigrants as whole human beings. Mm -hmm. But I know that we play a part in it. And so I'm not sitting here asking, that's what I'm saying, that grace piece. Like, I don't expect, not nah, like, hold me accountable. Like, you, well, you said some dumb stuff. Let me hold you accountable. I think it's overdue where there's just a lot of tension even or assumptions. So I think these conversations are necessary. Um, because, I'm, for example, I don't know all the, I don't know everything in immigration. And it's an issue that impacts my community a lot. So I can't expect somebody who's not having to specifically move, maneuver through the system to understand it. But sometimes if we're only hearing the rhetoric on the news or we're only hearing, and again, who's the media is white people. Who are the leaders in the, in the country are white people. So the messaging is always coming from white people. And if we have the conversation, mm. we'll come to a better level of understanding. And I do think, for example, I'm okay with, I've gotten more comfortable where I'm like, be comfortable being, get comfortable being uncomfortable and in conversations and be like, hey, honestly, I don't know what that means. And then yeah. we can use Google. Like, <laughs> you don't have to know everything to have a conversation. Right. Um, but, and, and I say all that because when they pin us against each other and when they, in Spanish, is les conviene, it benefits them to have us mad at each other. The breadcrumbs, we're fighting for 10 cents, literally. Well, if I just had this piece and if I had this and if I had this, or we could go against corporations, or we could go against white supremacy, and we can make sure that those people are being held accountable different. But because it becomes so like, well, I saw, because it's where you're at, I see in this community, I saw them do this, and I saw they took advantage of this and this, okay. Um, so I, I want to say with race relations, we shouldn't make assumptions. I'm getting better at that, I think. Um, ask for clarification and then have a better level of understanding, which only comes from really like, well, I'm going to just say the thing. I don't know what the fuck this means. What does it mean? Help me out. Uh, but some of it is a lot of research on our own um, and wanting to get there. But I don't know. Does that make sense? So we need to talk more. Yeah, Absolutely. Makes a hell of a lot of sense. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's why we're here. I want to understand. I do. And so I thank you so much for just sharing a piece of yourself with us, sharing, you know, where you come from and, and how how race relations shows up for you. And I'm sure that somebody is gonna, you know, listen to this conversation and, and learn something and say, you know what? They're right about that or this. So thank you so much. Perspective. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you got another hour or what? Always. I wore the shirt today. Hey, Yo, what you got? Whoa. Where did you I get that from? I love it. Let's do a little plug. Um, so my org, um, there's actually, if you go downtown, you know where Makers and Finders is? Yes. Uh-uh. You love me. Uh, across, um, I think it's Jamiland, across from, on Main Street, is it? Okay. Um, don't ask me for directions. I don't know. I never know where I'm at. But um, they have the mural. And then he was able to let our organization take it. So yeah. it's like um, ICE. So talking about the immigration detention centers. Um, yeah, so we're just been fighting um, the school to prison pipeline. Yeah. Uh, our campaigns. And this is like one of the shirts, like defunding the police. Um, we had already been talking about it. But then this kind of like we could just go with the momentum. Um, and I hate to think that this is like when I think of like how we could better unite, but honestly, like the Anything. same things that are taking down black people are the ones that are incarcerating and detaining Latinos. When you hear about separations of family, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. Removing the head of household 
Exactly. It's exactly, it's, it's just packaged differently. Yes. <laughs> packaged differently. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, but yeah, no, anytime, even if it's not the podcast, I think in general, um, I, and your daughter's always been so amazing and, and always been able to hold these conversations. Yeah. Um, and again, like you learn from one another. One of the ones I remember she came back from Florida, right? Cause she went to school mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. and she came back and she's like, Oh, I could see why you want to be Salvadorian. Because over there, there was more Cubans and there was like people that were Puerto Rican. She didn't, because you're in Las Vegas and if you're only access to Latinos in Las Vegas, you're going to think Mexican. Right. But I'm in an organization that I'm like, okay, but what about Central Americans? Like you always talk about, so the same way that we do only focus on certain groups of people, I'm telling you, Latinos too, they'll like get caught up in that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so some things like TPS was a huge thing for Latin Americans. Uh, temporary protective service uh temporary yeah service yeah, um but it wasn't something that our org was talking about and i was like we need to get on it because it affects some of our base right um, yeah so what was the point i'm um, anyways talk to me anytime <laughs> i could go on and on i hope that you know that you can always just text if you see something or have questions yes thank you so much i re- i I enjoyed this conversation. I love, love, love this conversation for sure. Say hi real quick. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm hugging you. I know. Hi. How are you? Good. And you? Good. You know, living in Tahoe now. Yeah. You look great. Thank you. I got my hair. That was. I see. But it's nice to hear you guys talking. I mean, that was just here listening. It's great. Very yeah, we just talking race relations, having some some awesome uh, dialogue here. Ashley's awesome, and I know she's going to make some some awesome changes in the world for the better. So we we you know, and however I can contribute uh, as well, Ashley, to whatever you got going on, I'm here. So. I'm down for conversations. <laughs> you I know love the five, it. five love languages, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Time. What what is yours? Time. Okay. I will uh, try to her to make sure I give her my time. Like it's just I love oh, I see. and if we're building each other and challenging yeah. each other and learning, like that's where I'm at. Good, good. Well, it was so it was lovely seeing you. <laughs> All right. Thank you again. All right, she family. Gianna, do you want to say anything before we get out of here? No, I just appreciate you for having the hard conversations. We absolutely, we need to stop being like, oh, you're like seeing people on our timelines. And, oh, you're racist. You said something racist. Now we're no longer, I'm going to unfriend you. I'm not, we're, you know, we got to stop doing that. We got to start having the conversation. Why do you think that way? Can you? Can I get into your mind? So I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I thank you for just being able to talk about it. And I just remind us to also preserve our energy because I think you had a really good point about, I don't want to bring up Karen in my show and you shouldn't if you don't want to, obviously, but there's some people that I think white allies need to step up. And that's what I've been at, at, at white allies. I'm like, oh, you call yourself a white ally. Can you handle your white people? Because I'm busy trying to handle my Latino people. Mm. Necessarily, specifically when it comes to like a black issue, I wouldn't sit here and tell either of you to have that conversation. No, because you're justifying your existence. Fuck you if you don't see me for myself. Yeah. That's why I always say like, just Ashley, if it's a Latina. Well, you're like, look, I I have a little bit of faith in them. They're just saying some reckless things. And then at. But because cancel culture is going to get worse. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, And that does leave 
it, it makes you wonder for those who maybe made a mistake and want to get engaged and then they're like hesitant. So okay. a larger conversation, but yeah, anytime. <laughs> we gonna get there. We gonna get there. All right, you guys. Until Take next care. time. Bye.